Welcome back to Club Hop. Do you know about the story behind the name Skip Stop? Because I feel like people that really trips people. Like, what is Skip Stop? Like, what does that mean? And um, I think we should, we should, you know, does somebody want to tell the story of Skip Stop? Because I actually don't really know it. Which it has to do something with a old train. What what what, what yeah. is it? I mean, I don't know if anyone else wants to tell it. Winston, do you want to tell it? No, I was about to say, my no, it's part of your e-board initiation training. Three moons. No, I'm joking. It should no, be not. actually. Yeah, it should be. Uh, Although I got to know it later on, but it should be. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can tell it. Um, so a while ago, at this point, many years ago, there used to be a nine train. And so the one and the nine ran on the same track, but the nine would skip stops and the one was like the local and the nine was the express. And so skip stop kind of came from that, I believe. 116 was one of those skipped stops. And so hence that fun name. Um, yeah, that's really it. It's very MTA based and centered. Um, which is nice, but you know, now the nine is defunct. Commuter. Exactly, yeah. And now the nine is defunct, so that's kind of just like an old MTA tidbit. Um, but yeah. So that was Skip Stop. But what is Skip Stop? Skip Stop is um, basically Barnard's organization for commuter students. Roberta Bookstop, president of Skip Stop, is a member of Barnard's class of 2021. So, as I'm sure Columbia also has. Barnard has um, a pretty significant share of commuter students. I think it's about 10% of the student body. Um, so when classes were in person, um, we were mainly based in the commuter lounge, which is located in the Diana, Diana Center on Barnard's campus. And um, we'd have, like, some people just use this as a space to go in between classes when um for just like like short breaks in between classes um but it was mainly a like a social space um to I guess for commuter students to get to know each other because we don't have dorms to like socialize and everything so this really became kind of our dorm space and we'd host events and yeah just general like commuter bonding um events Calling a club niche is only slightly more profound than calling water wet. But when only 10% of the student body can be pointedly considered for membership, reaching those 278 potential students can be a bit of a chore. So Skip Stop like, has some sort of event at NSOP typically for Barnard. Daniela LeBron is Skip Stop's publicity officer and is part of the Barnard class of 2022. And it's posted and, you know, whoever comes, comes. Although in the past, they haven't always invited Skip Stop to represent, which... Right. Like my freshman year, Skip Stop wasn't there. Um, but last year we tried to send someone to be at the event. But yeah, so we tried that, um, the club fair. And in passing, when you meet people, I'm like, I'm a commuter, like, you know, um, but Skip Stop's reach, unfortunately, isn't too wide. And I think Barnard could definitely help us in publicizing our um, existence and just like the resources out there for us. Um, but we're trying. Um, as best we can through social media and things like that. So, How many members do you guys typically have? Or at least how many have you retained uh, so far during this semester? In normal times, we I mean, we had about um, around 15 people who like um, consistently came to our events. In the lounge, there could be like anywhere from like five to like 10, 15 people at a time. Um, I think 
I'm not sure about you guys, but I think I saw maybe like 30 people overall, um, like 30 different people coming in and out of the lounge at different times. Um, but yeah, our events are usually pretty small. I think our biggest event last year had about 20 people come, if that sounds right. As mentioned, Skipstop operates out of the commuter lounge in the Diana Center. At its simplest, the lounge is a commuter-focused event space. And I think a typical event has the basics, right? You need good food. You need, and I think that's the most important for me. Hawa Tankara is Skip's Top's vice president and graduates Barnard in 2021. She also hosts a podcast called The H Suite. All in all, our events are usually catering to trying to do like commuter-friendly times for things like the big sub. We'll do something that's, you know, commuter-friendly or like midnight waffles, midnight breakfast, basically, but like daytime. So all of our events cater to just making sure that people are still getting that like events that are hosted for the majority of the college to embody, but for commuters time specific is because we're not on the campus all the time. Um, And that's also very important. Even like movie nights, we try to make it and cater it to movie, maybe afternoons, (laughs) movie late afternoon, right? Because we don't want people to be traveling late at night, wherever they're going, commuting to. So that's usually what our events try to do. And we try to expand it and just really, really just build upon that community in and of that in, in and of that space, just because we don't have dorm spaces to like have that chow down community building time. There are plenty of spaces to hold events on campus though. I think why an entire lounge? lounge is is a space that really fosters community. Like if, whether you go there simply to put your stuff down and like keep it pushing or you know, you want to be there for a long period of time. It's a space that's like exclusive and reserved to commuters. Although, you know, we make it open to anyone. Really, we always say like all you have to do is knock on the door and someone will open, um, which is nice about the space too. Um, but like, honestly, like that's how I've met all my commuter friends outside of like the commuter lounge. You don't typically find like a commuter. It's like, if you do, it's like, whoa, like me too. Um, and so I think it's just such an important space because it's it's just a constant space and it's always there and like yeah we could rent a room but like you know that can change because there's so many clubs on campus and things like that but like this is a space for us where we can keep our supplies like you know we have snacks in there sometimes if commuters want snacks um we also have couches too people take a good nap on the couches so you know it's like it's a space catered you know to us and i think in that way it's very special um if anyone else wants to jump in i totally agree with everything that you said and it's like for me also and i'm sure for a lot of um commuters like back when i just started like commuting like it was really hard for me to find like community um because like a lot of events are like at barnard and columbia catered towards like people who living on campus which is understandable because that's like the vast majority of, of the student body um but yeah it was just really nice to like have like a space where like you're you see like pretty much the same people all the time or like a large part of your time and yeah so it was like a really great way to like kind of find for me like find my place at Barnard. Is there any way to replicate that over like Zoom? I know that you guys are trying to do some programming stuff uh, maybe uh, open up a little bit more to life in New York City but you know is there any way to really keep that community, that space, even the lounge uh, over Zoom? Um, so we've been planning on, you know, stuff like um, getting to know or just like explaining uh, the bars of New York City to 
people who are new to New York City or who might be living in New York City currently. Skip stops treasurer, Madnor Jamal, graduates Barnard in 2021. Um, that's something that we were talking, discussing about programs really related to that because we are all locals. To like the point of like replicating the space, I think that's definitely something hard to do because it's such a unique space that functions like in that like Barnard Columbia world. But I think half of or like part of what that space is is the community. And you know, we're just really hoping that when when we finally start programming, because you know, budget stuff has been weird this semester and all of that, um, that you know, all we can retain a lot of that community. I know Zoom fatigue is something a lot of us are experiencing, and so like at this point, like our community and our space is more something like as people need and what people need rather than just kind of like pushing out events and like hoping people come. So it's about kind of just keeping that community as Hawa said of like, if you need people, like you need a vent to, like we're all still here as if you just walked into the lounge and like we're sitting there on the couch. Um, and so I think that's kind of what we're aiming to do in that sense, like foster that similar vibe. By the way, the board's awareness of its community's needs doesn't stop during a pandemic. Take, for example, the following. Have there been any changes to campus life that you guys have seen, especially that you would like to see stick around, at least for commuter students? Originally, when they were announcing, like, oh, hybrid flex and all of that, Barnard was like, meal plan will be optional for commuters. And that was huge because before commuters were it was mandatory for us to have a meal plan a lot of us would stick to like the 400 points meal plan because that's like the default commuter one but like it would be huge if they could let us just opt out i think at columbia that's a thing you can opt out of the meal plan but at barnard that's not a thing and so i mean if that sticks around that'd be great i don't know if it will i don't know what what's going on with admin but that'll be great i don't know if anyone else has anything but that's something that like automatically stuck out to me and i was like yes (laughs) Oh, yeah, to, like, jump onto that, as soon as um, President Bylock, like, emailed the whole Barnard community, like, when we saw that, that we didn't have to pay for the uh, meal plan, literally the commuter group chat, like, like, was popping. Like, everybody was saying, like, oh, my gosh, thank goodness. I don't want to pay for, like, you know, mediocre meals when we already live so close to campus. We already have, like, you know, our family cooking back home, or we also just, you know, no better places to eat that that are cheaper so winsome ching is the secretary of skip stop she's barnard class of 2021 there are of course a great deal of existing community needs that the board works to address everything from lounge accessibility to the lockers in barnard hall so at least in my reading i read that those are actually specifically for commuter students are those lockers like only for commuter students no okay so you guys can just like rent it out if you want yeah, so the process of renting out the lockers actually super, I know it's, it was more confusing than it should be. Essentially, you have to go to one office, you have to pay them the $5 deposit, then go to another office to pick up a key so that they can, you know, assign it to you. And like, I got a locker the first year that I was at Barnard, and I was so intimidated because I had to like, I had a map of Barnard with me, I had the steps of how to get a locker, and it was you know, so that was something that when I ended up joining the e-board and like safe stop, I said, like, you know, we all agreed like we should make it super accessible and easy for people to know how to get a locker. So you've mentioned actually this uh, push to make it easier to get lockers um, for your members, um, for commuter students in general. And, you know, according to your, I guess, lineup of what 
different parts of the board do. It says that the president executes and oversees larger administrative projects. I assume this would be one of those kind of larger administrative projects that the president would have a big hand in. What you know, else might it be that Skip's Top involves itself in, you know, for the uh, community? Another thing, I know that we were um, starting in like the beginning of spring to try to make um, the lounge more accessible for students with disabilities. Um, and we got as far as um, talking with um, like Barnard and then about it, but also that kind of got stalled. Um, once campus reopens, that's something that we'll definitely like pick back up um, as soon as that's possible. Um, I think, um, oh, and over like the last um, year, I guess we've, we've become a lot more like inclusive for non-commuter students also. Um, so, and sometimes it's just informal, like bringing our friends to um, skip stop events and they really like it. And then we kind of like, um, expand like both on like social media and like with um flyers and everything outside the commuter lounge to kind of make it clear that like our events aren't just for commuter students um like everybody is welcome to attend and um yeah oh just a quick thing to add so yeah um so roberta was helping um make the door to the commuter lounge more accessible because right now it's really heavy so you know like students in the past like even you know um, students that don't have disabilities, they still have trouble opening the door because it's so heavy. But then, so as a group, we were trying to figure out how to make the door, like, you know, have that push button to make it open, like, yeah, so that it's more accessible. But then it, um, we found that it would also involve having to use our own funds, I believe. And then given that our funding isn't quite a lot, it would probably have taken, wiped out our whole semester's budget, which is like, obviously it's, fine because like we I would rather have the door be accessible rather than not than have events but like I figured it would come out of Barnard's you know Barnard's budget because that's something that just you know it's a facilities thing like you know a structural thing so I mean that's you know something that I guess once you know the pandemic ends I mean well at first we were kind we were kind of like stunned so we didn't have time to like oh you know react or petition or whatever but like you know after this pandemic, hopefully we'll regroup and then like actually try to talk to Barnard admin and, you know, try to convince them why we shouldn't have to pay for it because, you know, the facilities thing. I mean, something we've considered as an e-board and I'm sure like a lot of commuters would appreciate is like helping with Metro cards. I mean, commuting to campus multiple times a week is very expensive and like most, if not all commuters have a job, you know, as like one to like pay for your expenses but also like the metro card is a huge portion of expenses monthly like i get the monthly and lord that's expensive that's expensive but like you know so i think like it would be great if there was some type of like barnard fund that like automatically is open to commuters um that could help just like subsidize that cost as you know the e-board this semester when back when things were still considered like hybrid flex we were considering some type of way to use part of our budget allocation to help commuters um that really needed it with the metro card portion um so that's something i don't know if you guys have anything else i want to add to that um, um i would like to add one other thing so like um going off of like um the same kind of topic as like social events being kind of inaccessible um i know that 
a lot of us and a lot of other um, commuters have said that like a lot of mandatory Barnard um, events, whether that's like meetings with professors or um, like career related events or uh, even like mandatory like meetings, like where you'd have to get something signed or something. Those have been like scheduled at very inconvenient times, like 5 p.m. on a Sunday for commuters that's like I understand like some things have to be scheduled on weekends but like for a lot a lot of us are commuting from very far away and to like have to come to campus um to like get like a five have a five minute meeting um and then go back and that could take like over an hour to get back home sometimes that's like pretty um inconvenient like um for most of like my professors have been like accommodating and everything but I know that's not the case for everybody um do you guys know who among you guys has like the longest transit route um yeah so i commute from westchester but i think there's one person who commutes from long island which is probably longer but it's not too bad my commute takes about like an hour an hour and 15 minutes sometimes an hour and a half uh it really depends on which train you take (laughs) Wait, Manor, do you want to go into, like, what you have to take, like, the train to the car to the... Oh, yeah. Okay, so there's two ways I could take them. Um, I could either take the M60 and go to Harlem 125th and take the Metro North from there. Um, or I could take the 1 and then the 2 and the 3, 2 or the 3, and then the 7. And then from Grand Central, I could go to um, Metro North, take the Metro North. Go to Scarsdale, yeah. Oh, oh no! It's not too bad. I know it sounds. <laughs> I get I get a lot of my readings done during that time. And you know what? I will put a plug in for our ability to be on time all the time. Like we are commuters, I cannot deny the fact that if we're in a class, we I can I sit in a class and I'm like in the class maybe five minutes earlier than the teacher. I come in and I see someone walking into the class 10 minutes late and I'm like, you just rolled out of your bed. I had to climb mountains <laughs> to get here. How are you late when you live five minutes away? I don't understand. Like that's something that I cannot comprehend as a commuter. I'm not trying to come for anybody, but it's just funny to see like how it just goes show the commute. Also being a commuter, it instills a level of, I guess, discipline in terms of just being able to be somewhere on time. And that's something that we carry as a organization on, on Barnes campus and as people. So I think that just goes to show, like, even if we're coming from Long Island or Westchester, like we're still going to be there on time, ready to go. And you're going to be rolling out of your bed. <laughs> so just wanted to put that in there, plug ourselves right there, give us a boost of confidence. I didn't realize how foreign commuting would seem to my peers and what it would mean to commute to a mainly residential school. So begins an op-ed published in Spectator by Daniela a year ago this October. There is a lot more to that sentiment than meets the eye. Do you guys know of any commuters who have decided to just live on campus because they just, you know, wanted to be part of, you know, the social life on campus a lot more? Um, yeah, we actually have a friend. Oh, Winston, do you want to go ahead? Yeah. No, I think we're thinking okay, of the same person. No, 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 uh, yeah, she's from Yes, Jersey. of course. <laughs> that commute is a lot and she ended up becoming an RA because it was just too much to balance kind of like later evening social life that she was trying to maintain plus like being a commuter and like going from Jersey back here like I only live 20 minutes away and that's hard and like people who live further definitely have it 
harder in that sense. Um, like within 20 minutes away, lets me be a little more flexible with like how late I stay on campus. But like other people who have an hour plus commute, like that's just not feasible. And some, so some commuters do opt to like, all right, I'll just like get a dorm or like I'll try to become an RA or some people move closer to campus if they're like, I know some transfers are not from New York and they end up living around and then like they're commuters in that sense. So. Okay. So that same friend, I won't go too much into her situation, but essentially a big part of the reason why she was, um, she decided to dorm on campus was because a certain school news outlet that isn't blog had a lot of time commitments. And so like, you know, it, that, that was like the biggest thing, like, you know, she had to stay really late um, you know, she ended up having to like use some of her friends as dormant and so that's why she applied to be an RA and got it, thankfully. So yeah. And in addition to that, I've also my me myself have switched to dorming temporarily. So I've had a taste for everything, haven't I? I commuted my first two years because I'm a senior right now. Commuted my first two years, went abroad my fall semester of junior year and then commuted half of semester, oh no, sorry, dormed half of spring semester before COVID and we had to come back. So like I had a flair for everything. And the reason for that was um, like being home, it was hard to like balance that night, you know, the night commitments, the more commitments I took on, the harder it was for me to like constantly have to go back home and come onto campus. Too many explanations, I didn't want to walk around my neighborhood too late in the night just because I'm from my neighborhood and I know what happens depending on where you are and what time it is. Um, so a lot of it has to do with just not being able to juggle everything after a certain point. So you're just like, all right, I got to put my hands together and do this. In addition to that, financial aid, it was cheaper for me to have a dorm on this campus because I'm a higher educational opportunities program student than it was for me to commute. You tell me what financial aid is doing, but it was cheaper for me to dorm than it was to commute. And so I was just like, all right, save money, live better. And that's kind of how I decided to um, end up dorming onto campus. So that's also part of it too. Sometimes it just might be a financial aid fluke or just accessibility and things like that. So away from, I guess, skip stop specifically, uh, certain Columbia students, uh, myself included, and this is the only reason why I even know this, uh, they read this short essay called Here in New York, which was published uh, in like 1949. The short essay touches on like a lot of topics about New York, uh, but like the dude takes an entire paragraph just to talk about commuters and like he, like I'll just, like two quotes basically. The commuter has never come suddenly on anything at all in New York as a loiterer because he has had no time between trains. The suburb he inhabits has no essential vitality of its own and is a mere roost where he comes at day's end to go to sleep. I'd just like to kind of get your reaction to that. You know, have you found his sentiments to be true of your commuting experience or of the commuters that you've met, the commuters that you know? I feel like, yes, in a way, because I, at least for the commuters I've met, there's kind of like a dichotomy of people. So there's people who are literally only here just for class or like whatever professor meetings, advisor meetings, and then just leave. And then there's other people who, you know, despite how hard it is, want to actually make an effort to be a part of the community, you know, do events that stay late. Like, you know, um, like Roberta and I once went to an event that started at like 8 p.m. or whatever. So what event was this? Wasn't this the Polish? Oh my God. 
Yes. Good times. Yeah. So just like, you know, it, it, I feel like it's easier to be that commuter that's described in that piece, like, because, you know, you just come, you do your commitments and you leave. But for other people who actually want to like, yeah, make friends or like, you know, have memories here that isn't just being in class, then yeah, you make the extra effort. But, you know, I mean, I believe it's worth it. That's why I'm here at like 11 p.m., 12 a.m. So, yeah. Yeah, I think there's definitely some truth in that, especially like the part of like their suburb is just like a place they go to at the end of the day kind of thing. And then like it's on to the next really fast. Like I think there were points in semesters. So I've definitely had to like find a balance where I essentially would come home close to like 12, see my parents for like 30 minutes and then wake up the next morning. They're gone for work because I can't do 840s anymore. I learned my lesson. But um, so like then I wouldn't see them and there would be days where it's like I would barely see my siblings and my family and like. I would just come home to be home and rest and then like keep it going the next day. And part of being a commuter is like finding that balance, um, which has been hard. And I mean, finally I'm a junior and here we are. <laughs> but yeah, I like see some truth in that, but I think Winston's right in that. Like there are some people who kind of choose that and like, because they want to be a part of Barnard and Columbia and like, that's okay. Cause like, that's your trade off or like you're just there for class and then you go home and that's okay too. So. Yeah, I think um, adding on to what both of you said, I think like for me, kind of like New York City has become my dorm. Um, like I remember like in before like everything shut down, like I, <laughs> I like it. It's it's very deep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I would like I remember like I would like stay like have like like go on, go like around the city with friends like until like midnight or later and it would like i i i personally really enjoyed it because like as someone who like didn't dorm for a long period of, I, I dormed initially but then i started commuting very soon um after i started barnard so i didn't like have that dorm experience so it was like um it was great to like be able to like replicate that with like my commuter friends and just and i think like um something that commuting has like taught all of us is that like there's so much more to the city than like just the Barn and Columbia kind of bubble that we're in and of course like there's so many resources at Barnard and Columbia that are great and like there's so many social events that are great but there's also like a lot of really cool stuff around the city um to kind of explore and take part in um yeah Attempting to grow a community around an inherently transient and socially distanced lifestyle can seem like a futile endeavor. Skip Stop, on the contrary, has pursued and excelled in growing this exact community for years now. In Daniela's previously mentioned op-ed, she calls for students and faculty leaders to more actively support the commuter community. How then should we all support commuters, helping them establish themselves in the many communities that permeate Morningside Heights? Would changing a few meeting times help? I think mainly that, like when I said that, that's kind of what I had in mind because there were things I wanted to join, especially freshman year, that were so late. And freshman year, I was doing a lot and I would work off campus and coming back to campus after work was a lot for an event that like maybe was like 9 to 10 or 9.30 later. And so like that's in my opinion, and maybe it sounds harsh, it's like the bare minimum. Um, and like, I don't know, I feel like a lot of it also though is like on Barnard admin, like 
they treat us like a club, which is something else. And so that's how we get our allocation and whatever. But it's like, fine, if, if you want to do it that way, I just feel like I fostering more of a community between commuters and residents, I think they have allowed it so that there's like a clear separation and for some things that's great like in terms of like having our own space but for other things it's like you know we don't mean to be exclusive in everything um and so part of it's like admin can you like you know can you can you give a little um and like even with our thing with the door like you know it's like admin can you can you give a little with that so i don't know that's what i had in mind but i I mean if you guys have anything else Another thing that we were actually talking about, too, was having more of a presence during NSOP because, you know, right now, the only event that commuters have is like one piddly, you know, half an hour meet and greet thing, which, you know, when I was doing NSOP, I didn't even see it on my calendar until it had passed. And I already knew I was commuting back then. So, you know, I felt like it was a missed opportunity because I could have met other commuters. So it's just things like that, like either having like more of a presence, even from the get-go, so that, you know, incoming students know that, oh, you know, Skip Stop exists, and, you know, there's, like, you know, actual, an actual group of, like, community of commuter students, because at least in my old university, there wasn't really, like, they didn't even have a group like Skip Stop or anything like that, or any, like, commuter-based events, so, you know, I assumed that Barnard was going to be the same, but, you know, I'm glad I didn't, but I wish I knew sooner that Barnard had this group, because I think I only found out, like, like halfway through my first semester there. So yeah. For more information on Barnard Skip Stop, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram at Barnard Skip Stop or email them at skipstop at barnard.edu. Also, once Barnard's campus is fully back open, you can visit the commuter lounge. It's located towards the back of the first floor of the Diana Center, opposite Liz's place. My thanks to Roberta Bookstop, Hawak Tankara, Manor Jamal, Winsome Chang, and Daniela LeBron for sitting down with me, and to the blog editorial board for the green light on this project. If there's a club you'd like to hear from, you can reach us on Facebook and Twitter at blog, or email us at tips at blog.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>